Welcome to Aw Crap, a Hellboy podcast, the show dedicated to the half-demon hero, hosted by me, Kate Thompson. And me, Mark David Christensen. Yeah! Yeah! <laughs> you know, the smart thing would do is, is to cover Kostya, How Kostya the Deathless, and this other short, like, one-off story that was part of the Wild Hunt in one episode, but that's not how we fucking do it here. <laughs> hey, we want to give them each the attention they deserve. Hell yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree. Coming in hot on this one. Coming in hot for Baba Yaga's feast. Ugh. That that hag. Yeah. She's gross. I mean, she's truly hag like in this one. Again, I don't I don't do like big deep dive research and like, oh, about, about Baba Yaga, but there's an element of this that I was like looked up just to see if it was in any of the original folk the folklore of her yeah. and I didn't find it. I'll, I'll mention what it is when you get walk us through the story. So I have yeah. a lot of questions of like, just thoughts on like, and this isn't bad. This is just like, I think Mignola is like creating his own, once again, taking something yeah. he likes, creating his own myth and pulling from a def, uh, uh, several other sources, I think to create exactly. his own solid one. Yeah. So. I think of her as like an amalgamation of like these, a bunch of different sort of like witch stories yeah. And he's like, well, I already have this established crone witch character. I'll just like throw her, you know, give her all these attributes from different stories, probably. Yeah, I think um, you're right. Yeah, it's cool though. Yeah. Let's uh, that's an enjoyable little like another addendum to a character that we've already definitely had a lot of interaction with. So mm-hmm. we've watched her fucking suck lips. Uh, with a goat, so. Yeah, suck lips. <laughs> I don't know how it came out of my mouth. <laughs> she tried to suck the coach's soul she tried to suck lips. from suck. <laughs> <laughs> I say stuff weird. In context with her, I think like she's gonna suck them off your face and eat them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's jump right in, Kay. Yeah. Yeah, so this was included as an extra uh, little story in Hellboy the Wild Hunt number four back in uh, March 2009. Written by Mignola, illustrated by Guy Davis, colored by Dave Stewart, uh, lettered by Clem Robbins, edited by Scott Alley, and um, Boo. And it's similar Mm. to how Koshe became deathless in that it's this, uh, like, old Russian storyteller or you know, like scholar or something, he's like writing down, I take it as he's writing down these accounts of like these stories that maybe were like told verbally before. Yes, I I agree. I I think you're, that's a great assessment to say that. And I think he isn't officially a monk, at least that's what they call him. But again, I don't know Russian like churches well enough to like visually be like, that is a monk, but but either or. I think you're right that these stories have definitely been passed on from v- verbally and, you know, uh, or orally or rhetorically. Yeah. Um, yeah. But like. Orally. Yeah. And I think this is like, yeah, you could literally think that this is the first time maybe somebody decided to write them down for a permanent record. That's yeah. a cool. That's actually a really cool way to get. I think that you're like to like have them slip into just his addendums to these bigger stories. Yeah. Yeah. They did a good job with it. Yeah. I like it a lot. That's cool. Especially like this part right at the beginning, there's like a cool little thing that kind of adds to that where it's, it feels like something that's like a community of people has contributed to 
telling the story mm-hmm. because it opens with with basically like there was a man living in the woods with a, a cat and a bird and they warned the man that the witch Baba Yaga might come to count his spoons. Why should she do this? Who am I to say? She is a witch and a monster. Her ways are not for men to understand. So that's like right off the bat. It's like something that where it's like, I don't know why, even as the, as the narrator who knows every part of this story, I don't know the like motivations behind this like extra, you know, this like fantastical creature, basically this witch and monster. Yeah. <laughs> So it's fun. So that's exactly what happened. This uh, Baba Yaga comes to this man's house. The cat and bird were like, when she comes, just hide and don't make a noise. But every time that she shows up, the guy screams. He gets scared and he yells and she attacks him. But the bird and the cat chase him away and they do this for him twice before, like until finally on the third day, she comes, uh, she comes a spoon count in. (laughs) <laughs> and he gets scared and screams and the cat and bird are just too far away. And they're like, uh, I like this uh, panel of him being carried away by Baba Yaga. And the cat just goes, that's a sad sight. And the bird's <laughs> like, it's true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, bummer. I love their whole, because we're leaving them now behind the cat and the bird. Yeah. I love that they're like. As familiars to this man, they're like, yeah. they're almost like really good roommates. Like it's, they're saving right. him from the Baba Yaga, but they also, the first time we see them, they essentially, they're, it's implied that they're out cutting wood <laughs> for the man. Yeah, they're contributing. <laughs> they're pulling their weight. Yeah. It's Poppy so doesn't funny. ever chop wood for this household. <laughs> Dodd fucking just sleeps. Yeah. <laughs> so I love that. I love that these yeah, animals really are. really cute very high intelligence on them and mystical element to them being able to chop wood and keep house. (laughs) So it's so scary. This idea of like a witch that could just come into your house too. And there's nothing you can do about it, but hide from her. Yeah. And it's like, it seems like it could happen at any time. Cause this isn't even like a nighttime, like thing where I'm like, I'm going to be in bed and it's when I'm sleeping. It's middle of the fucking day. Every time she's showed up. (laughs) Yeah. She's checking their spoons. Checking those spoons for who knows why. (laughs) To me, the fact that she like names the spoons when she comes counting, she's like, here's a spoon for a bird, here for a cat, and here for a, like a human, you know. Yeah. So she's maybe looking to see what's on the menu, basically, based on Ah. what she does later in the story. I also Mm. like that she can tell that a bird uses the spoon and a cat uses the spoon. It's very fun. (laughs) It's like this, like, storybook logic that is very fun to read. Yeah. And you don't need to know. Yeah, you don't need to know the why. I agree. You don't. The witch takes her back to her chicken leg house, which has all the little, like, skull lanterns all around it Mm -hmm. and inside it. Uh, this part, I didn't know that she had a daughter. So I, this is the thing I looked up and I was like trying to find if this was something that was in her lore or if it was Mignola. I think I couldn't stand corrected from a listener and we'd love to have your thoughts or your information. But what I was scrolling through and what I looked up on, on just like her basic mythology, I don't think, I think this is a Mignola invention. Okay. Because it feels a little Han, a little. It feels a little also like giving her a daughter, and then it feels very like influenced by like Hansel and Gretel, a little bit. 
mm-hmm. about what's about to happen. So unless I, unless you could find a source or somebody else offers up a source, I think the daughter is an invention by Mignola. Cool. From what yeah. I gather. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, or it feel. I mean, it feels like something that happened to a different witch in a different story. Or so it's, I'm perfectly, I think Mignola is perfectly capable of constructing something that feels like a fairy tale. Right. That fits into this world for this character. Yeah. So she, the, <laughs> Baba Yaga brings this guy home. She's like, I'm off to Bald Mountain, okay? Have this guy ready for me to eat for <laughs> breakfast. I'm going to be fucking mad if you don't. And then they show Bald Mountain. There's like a congregation of witches gathered to celebrate the evil that they had done in the year past and all the evil they were bound to do in the year to come. So a big like hoedown of witches and ghosts and devils and stuff. It's really cool. Like, you know, just this fun kind of witch, evil witch party. Yeah. And I love that Bald Mountain is a a direct like pull of a witch, like a known folklore. From you, like Ukrainian and Russian, like folklore, oh, cool. of like like where the witches periodically gathered. That's the legend that they would gather at Bald Mountains, or they gather on the Bald Mountains. I think it might be part of like a range in like that region. I'm not sure 100, percent but it's like they yeah they would for their Sabbath. This is definitely directly pulled. Mignola being like, I'm just gonna make Baba Yaga part of this whole thing. Yeah, but that makes total sense. It's Why like, wouldn't yeah. she hang out with other Russian witches? <laughs> Very fun. Mom's out partying. Baba Yaga's out partying. And in the witch's chicken leg house, uh, the daughter's like, okay, get into this big giant pot, you stupid idiot. And he's like, um, <laughs> it does like a, plays like a little trick on her. I won't fit in there. She's like, yeah, I'm going to get my ass kicked if you don't get in there. So yes, you are. He's like, I'm too big, I tell you stupid and so she gets it you know the daughter gets into the pot makes the silliest move (laughs) exactly like see see you see you're no bigger than me and i hey what are you ah and the guy like of course shoves her into the oven very hansel and gretel like you're saying (laughs) but i liked that way of doing it. it was funny like even just um I think, like, Guy Davis is doing such a fun job with, like, hand gestures in this and in um, how Koshi became deathless. She's even, like, curled up in the pot and still holds out her hand as though she's like, see? Yeah. I told you. (laughs) So he, of course, throws her into the oven. Clang. Another, like, similar to the previous story, a black background with the sound. Yeah. It's very, like, a cinematic thing. I think like it would cut, you know, cut to black and still have the sound effect playing over it kind of a thing. Yeah. And it gives it like with the darkness and then just the sound effect, it gives it some sort of permanence, right? There's no turning back from whatever. It's like a finality sort of. It's yeah. Punctuates the end of this page. And then the next and then to open the next page, we have like the rooster crowing and stuff like that. (laughs) Bald Mountain is quiet. So it's like this cool like it's like a cool little like way to kind of end Make the story feel bigger almost, you know? It yeah. gives it like a moment to pause and then you're restarting on this next page. Yeah, it's really good. Baba Yaga is leaving Bald Mountain. Everybody's waking up like it's like, you know, a senior year of high school sleepover where everyone's <laughs> hungover and has to like go home. I thought it also like a convention, you know what I mean? Everybody yeah. went back to the hotel later. Yeah. Some people probably made some mistakes. Partied, made some mistakes. <laughs> Woke up, everyone's quiet. <laughs> 
like, they're like now oh, I'm hungry. Leave what happened at Bald Mountain, you know? Yeah. Bald Mountain. <laughs> you all danced with your titties out, and now you gotta <laughs> live with that. Now I'm hungry. I'd best find food on my table or else I'm going to hit my daughter. <laughs> so she's flying back to her chicken-like house. She sees a nice big meal of a fully cooked person with like some nice root vegetables all as you know around her. <laughs> Steaming hot. Took all night to cook this lady, low and slow. But of course, like, you know, the hair's burned off and it's all crispy so she can't tell who it is. Baba Yaga's chomping, chowing down. So the witch sat down to her breakfast and never once looked up until every bone was gnawed clean. Ooh. And finally, death arrived. Um, I like this, like, Russian depiction of death, too. I think it's really spooky. And I think I like that that, um, that Mignola has chosen to keep it consistent through when we first saw him. Yeah. Part of, like, all the, the mystical and the, like the fantasy characters in that yeah. world. And it's never, ver- it's never veered from that. And I think that's cool. And I think I might have mentioned this before, but uh, that game Grim Fandango, it very much looks to me like like the style of this mouth on the skull and the very roundness of the eyes. Like it's not at a it's not a um like an anatomically correct skull, right? Yeah. It's like really stylized, but in a cool way where it's like totally works. But it reminds me that this like point and click adventure video game that <laughs> came out like a while ago now called Love Grim it. Fandango. <laughs> Yeah, it's cool. But yeah, Death shows up kind of sneaking up behind her as she's chomping. Baba Yaga, eh, you have eaten your own child. (laughs) (laughs) Baba Yaga looks pissed. She's got like all spit coming down. She needs a napkin. She ate her daughter. And the guy is just running. He's just running full force away. You hear like the yeah of Baba Yaga in the background, probably like shaking the trees with an angry scream. And then the last panel is the the man, the monk writing. The man fled to the great monastery at uh, Polotsk and I think lives there still. So he got away from Baba Yaga. I don't know how Baba Yaga let him get away with that. She yeah. seems like the kind of lady that would pursue you if she if you had wronged her. Yeah, it's very interesting. So this is, it's interesting what this is setting up. Like, because here's my thought about this story. It's very fun and delightful. I think Guy Davis does a good job as as usual. Yeah. But I'm like, how Koshia became deathless, like, feels like, oh, a very clear, like, asterisk to be like, hey, let me just inform you of, like, how he became this before he faced your hero, Hellboy, right? Yeah. I don't understand. <laughs> I don't, other than this just being like a random story about Baba Yaga eating her own child, I don't understand what it's to say about or add to Baba Yaga in the in the bigger picture of her. Because it's not like, I don't take away from this like, oh, and this is where she got like, how she started eating right. children. It was like, but she's she already, already ate flesh. an asshole. Yeah, yeah. she's like. <laughs> already a murderer. <laughs> like, I guess like you could. Be like, oh, maybe having a f- close family member having a daughter is like her one last tie to humanity kind of a thing. But her reaction almost to me says more like she's more mad that she was tricked than that she lost a daughter. I agree with the she's same thing. She's not like crying. She's like scowling, you know? Yeah. So her anger is less from mourning losing a daughter and more from being fucking pissed that this human man tricked her. 
I agree. I think she's more angry at that, losing her daughter yeah. because I don't have my daughter to now make things for me. <laughs> I guess you could take it as that, as, like, just further characterization of Baba Yaga, like, showing you, like, okay, so, yeah, she's, like, relentlessly pursuing Hellboy at this point, trying to kill him or, like, you know, get him, the one that's, like, one that got away sort of a thing. Yeah, or get I her guess eye back. Be, like, <laughs> right. This, like, this perception that she's been wronged on her part where she needs to even the score, I guess, like, that is kind of what's happening here a little bit. But they don't really go into that element of it where it's, like, she she's, like, just mad she got tricked, but she doesn't, like, she's not, like, relentlessly following this human man. Yeah, because what you're saying is, like, that would add a little more to her, like, oh, she sees this through. She got Ron. She's going to see through and get this guy would maybe build on the idea of like why she's such a fucking like you took my eye well i'm gonna fucking get my eye back you know what i mean it's just i'm not saying it's not it's just it's it's less it feels strangely more open-ended than like the last little story we covered with with coach yeah yeah in its relation to like what what are we talking about? Yeah. The Hellboy story, yeah. It's still fun. It's still like a fun little like random tale about Bobby Yaga. Yeah. And having this random daughter that she beats but then eats. Beats but then eats. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it made me want to eat uh, potatoes. <laughs> nice. I mean, I think the humor in this is probably my highlight of the whole thing in this short right. story. Yeah. Like what you said, I like that when she's in that bold, her little hand gesture of like, see? Uh-huh. <laughs> it's very see? funny. God, I got to show everything to you. And then he slams her into the oven. And just the humor that's unspoken about like her arriving to this feast, meaning this guy, he didn't just throw the daughter in the in the in the in the oven or stove and run away. He literally had to wait for her to cook and then prepared it so he yeah, could then he get like away. Yeah, he was chopping vegetables <laughs> while that was happening. He was like, "Well, while she's cooking, low and slow, I'm gonna start chopping up these veggies." And which is kind of smart on his part, but also like I right. would have gotten that's, gotten the fuck that's out. That's the thing. It's like he wouldn't have. You know, she might have, Baba Yaga might have pursued him earlier (laughs) if he didn't make it look like something that the daughter had prepared. Right. I guess that's how he got away into that monastery. And I guess she can never enter the monastery is what I, I can, I can only guess. Yeah, yeah, I would guess so. It almost feels like I do want, like, another part like like Kostya. It feels like there could be another part of this. Where she's, like, trying to get... To kill that guy or something. Yeah. I just wanted a little more information about that, what her actions after, as well as like, maybe that's an opportunity for this guy, for us to see this guy interact with the cat and the bird again. <laughs> yeah, I did like the cat and bird. They were very, it's just cute. Yeah. Um, This is kind of a weird thing, but I like that she's depicted with these like huge matronly titties. <laughs> I'm with you. There's like something very, wild like, about it. <laughs> Yeah, it's like they're so exaggerated that it's like, you know, it's like not a thing of like, oh, if this female character, she's obviously not meant to be like over sexualized. It's like more of a it's like a weird, like motherly thing for because she like collects children typically. Yeah. So it's like she's like this perverted version of like a motherly figure who's like not obviously not actually like caring or kind but like brings children in mm, seducing is not the right word but like enchants children to be like come with me but then she like goes and eats them and shit 
Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I, I think it's a it's a choice that's made. I think you're right in saying that it's not like the typical comic book sexualization version. It's yeah. it's actually I mean, it's character like a, it's, based. Yeah, it's like a thing that based on established folklore. So it's like old shit. It's cool though. I'm with you. I love it. Yeah. I think it's a cool design. It's just as interesting well. as a character. Yeah, you don't see a lot of like old matronly characters and stuff like this. In, like, comic books, you know? Yeah, and if she does steal children, like, to have her that way, like, to she she's able to, like, you can see how she could coerce a child in, like, hiding her wooden legs and just showing these, yeah. like, oh, look at I have a large bosom, like, where right. you can lay I'm your head. An old lady, and right. I'm safe. a gentle old woman. <laughs> Kids are like, okay. And then she's, like, chopping them up with vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in addition to that, one of my favorite panels in this whole little short stories is when the the one panel of the the actual set, which is Sabbath. I I mean, Baba Yaga, her back, so she's completely nude, her little wooden legs and her yeah. side titty out. And it's I love yeah. that. I love that Sabbath one because it's just like, yeah, it was a boot. wild fucking time. We have a similar like pig character from when Koshi became deathless. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it, like in the dragon's palace, there's uh, like a similar looking pig demon. <laughs> yeah. It's funny to think of them as like the same character. I love the connecting it that way. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> and another detail that I love in this that's small is just like seeing her like in the the cup that she rides in, whatever that is uh-huh. called. Um, it's like a mortar. Mortar. Yeah, that's right. I don't ask me which I guess I don't know which one's the mortar and which one's the pestle. Let's see. I would assume the pestle is the piece that you hold in your hand to like grind. Yeah. And mortar is the stone. That's my guess. I really like seeing it sort of in motion, in use, versus just her in the sky. Like I like her in the house in the first panel of of her, and you just see it tilted and slightly floating from above the ground. I love yeah, that. It's cool. I love all the frames of that. It's I love very it. eerie. Yeah. I love when she's leaving the, the witch's Sabbath that it's parked, you know, and it's, it's parked. <laughs> like, that's great. She's like, I shouldn't fly this. I'm partying really hard tonight. <laughs> I'll just leave it here. I'll park it here. Very fun. Totally. I love death. I like that the story really started with death and then death showed up because we just had a close up <laughs> as the first panel of death's face. Yeah. Very strange choice but overall i think it was a great little <laughs> one-off yeah almost silly story yeah <laughs> i have a hot take yeah on both that? these stories and i don't even know if it's that hot because i think i i've praised guy davis in this i think guy davis's work is great in both of these stories but here's my hot take okay i'm prepared i think these two stories were a miss not a miss. I don't know how to phrase this because I don't want this to be disparaging towards Guy Davis's work, but I think because his work is very solid here. I think this was a missed opportunity to bring in a different artist for these backstories because I think they're such they're like these folk telly. Yeah. I think Guy Davis's art has lended itself to be more of a grounded feeling to me that he's done in, so far that what he's done in BPRD. That these are such these back... More like modern, maybe. Yes, is a great yeah. word to put it. More modern. Yeah. That I think they missed an opportunity. I think they were just using Guy because he's there. 
possibly he's in the you know he's in the he's in the group right now it's like hey let's just have guy do these right bprd might be doing like a page count to fill or something like that and they were like this will be a fun way to do it yeah whereas i think that maybe they could have gotten a little more out of bringing in another artist that they like even like somebody they rarely use which was like an antique style sort of a thing yeah like even sean alexander he isn't you know never bring somebody that just gives it a different taste because it's like especially yeah. since it's a callback to these older ancient stories or older tales and legends and myths not that again i don't want that to be strange because i think with guy with, with what guy davis was handled and i think mignola's writing is very cool in, in these stories as well he did great i just think it was i wish it would have been nice to maybe see another artist take a crack at these these little folk, these little backstories. Is yeah. All. That's all. Yeah. Because I just, I, I now make, Guy Davis is just my BPRD guy right now. And I'm like, right. oh. And, and I think what you said, calling it of a more of a modern feel to his art is exactly what I was trying to get at. Yeah. I can totally see where you're coming from. Yeah. I think he does a great job with like all the stuff he usually does, like his gestures and like his like silhouettes of the characters are really in- cool and yeah. He's got a cartoony style in that way where it's like strong silhouettes, very expressive. But yeah, I think for that reason, it feels like his style feels more modern. So it feels like it lends itself to more modern stories. Yeah, I think you're right. So, yeah. Because his, I, I like what you said, because he's like, he, he's his cartoony, his cartoony is, is, is on that edge where it doesn't drop completely cartoony because it lands itself to be modern and grounded. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. You describe it well. That's all I wanted to you say. You did too. I, I really, I really love the uh, Baba Yaga close up though, with her little drool finding out she ate her. Yeah, daughter. Do you have any other favorites? Just straight up the daughter showing off in the pot. I think is the best. <laughs> what about you? I mean, I already. I think that's a great one. I don't have yeah. any additional to that. It's yeah. very funny. It's so funny to me. I love it. And listeners, I mean, we're really pretty much this is. We're wrapping up our, our discussion of this story right now. I want to hear from you. What are your thoughts yeah. on this one-off Baba Yaga's uh, feast? We want to hear what you think it adds to the bigger, broader story. Um, uh, any of your thoughts are valuable. So please email us at awcrapahellboypodcast at gmail.com. We want to hear from you. Real quick, I, I didn't think I was going to have any suggestions, but I did. I did think of something I wanted to suggest based on this reading, just simply because Baba Yaga ate her own daughter not knowing it. Mm-hmm. It made me think of a movie that I loved back in, like, I think 1990 is when it came out. I watched it at home. It was the first movie that Julie Taymor made, which was Titus, mm-hmm. which is uh, an adaptation of Shakespeare's Titus Andronicus, starring Anthony Hopkins. Spoiler, if you've never known anything about the play or seen the movie, but the Shakespearean play... He literally this this king Titus like pretty much gets fucked over, but then there's a there's a definitely a plot point where he is he feeds a character that wronged him. I forget. I think it's Tamora that Jessica Lane plays. They do some terrible shit to his daughter, and he cooks his the the two boys in, up into pies and feeds Oof. it to the mother. So. But it's a great visual movie. I think it was a little underrated for its visuals at the time. I was going to say, it looks. I'm Googling it. It looks really cool. I love Alan Cumming, too. 
Yeah, he's great in it. Yeah. But it's like one of those, it's just a cool, I thought a very visually cool adapted um, version of Shakespeare to screen. So Sweet. That's what I think. Check out Titus, by uh, directed oh. by Julie Seymour. You know, from uh, Turn Out Spider-Man's Turn Out the Dark fame. Oh, cool. <laughs> she she is the one that she she's the famous director of the Lion King, of course, on stage Broadway. That's her like another claim to fame, more That's so right. probably than this movie, in that Beatles movie across the universe. But she also was part of the disaster that was that Spider-Man musical. <laughs> I saw that. I heard it was nuts to watch. Did you see it? No, sadly I missed it. Um, it was bad. You know, I a friend of mine. <laughs> Uh, who was like living in New York at the time got free tickets and we went up and watched it. It's just not about Spider-Man. It's like about, it's like about like Arachne, like this like Greek guy, you know, it's like a, it's, she was trying to tell a different story and then they were like, it, it felt like she had her own story that she wanted to tell completely that had like nothing to do with Spider-Man. Yeah. I mean, there's also all of the like, you hear all the crazy shit about like every actor who worked on it got fucking hurt. Yeah. And like, you know, the U2 score is like dumb as hell. And all of that is true. But it's just as you're watching it, you're like, why the fuck is there? This is his origin story in the movie is there's like some weird Arachne connection. <laughs> the costumes looked cool, but it was like I was like, wow, I'm glad I didn't pay for this. Oh, for sure. The best thing that came out of it for me, not having ever seen it, is you can get on YouTube and look up the the villain's performance from that Broadway production on David oh. Lenner, on David Lennerman. It's such a funny thing to watch. I'm scared. It's why I think you'll. I don't be scared. I think it's it's a delightful watch of like an insane Broadway per, like number with these villains from that show on David Lennerman. It's great. <laughs> oh my god I'm just looking at the Green Goblin costume and it's so fucking stupid <laughs> it's just dumb so much money you know yeah just you know if you're working on your own projects don't ever feel bad because dumber shit than what you're working on has been made you know <laughs> that's a never great second guess <laughs> like if Wonderful you're motivation if you're a person who's like doing something creative you're writing something you're like drawing a picture just the Somebody has made something worse than what you're making. Don't <laughs> just go ahead and finish it. This is like me talking to myself. I love it. I love this prep pep talk so you're giving that's yourself. That's just looking at the preview of this video. I'm like, wow, just remember, <laughs> you know, you could be worse. You could be making it worse and it could be costing people a lot more money. 100% for sure. I think I'll watch Titus instead of this. Yeah, I would love to hear what you yeah. thought about Titus. <laughs> I haven't seen it forever. They so. made a Baba Yaga movie last year that I haven't seen, but... Oh, it's yeah. Like a, a horror movie with called Baba Yaga. Maybe we'll have to check that out and report back to each other. I'm a little scared. It also looks kind of dumb, but I, I haven't seen the trailer. I'm just looking at pictures, but maybe Funny. it's good. I don't know. I mean, hopefully they'll... Uh, I, I, another thing that this Baba Yaga, I really hated the, the last Hellboy movie's design of Baba Yaga. Yeah. Because this, the one that in the Hellboy universe is so more, it, as we've already discussed, it's just a far more interesting character. Yeah. Yeah. And the insanity that, that movie offered. They were like trying to make her look like a zombie or something. And it was yeah. like, I guess. Like, yeah. It was I don't weird. know. Or like play into her like spideriness with the spindly legs or whatever. Yeah. And walking. Like I kind of get what they were going for, but it was like, it just didn't, Seem true to the like folklore character, 
folklore yeah. backgrounds of it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. Um, yeah. Cool. Well, again, listeners, we'd love to hear your thoughts on Baba Yaga's uh, feast. So please email us at awcrap at hellboypodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. But before we get out of here, we got one more segment for you, folks. It's a hell to pay slash Mormonola. This is probably a little dated from, uh, I can't remember when it was announced. It was uh, a while ago, but uh, this is just for an announcement for another, a new two issue story for Hellboy and the BPRD. Coming out on July 7th of this year, 2021. It's called The Secret of Chesbro House. Again, that's coming out on July 7th, published, of course, by Dark Horse Comics. Now, um, this is written by Hellboy creator Mike Mignola and longtime collaborator Christopher Golden. This occult-infused offering includes illustrations by artist Sean McManus. He um, is notably known for Saga of the Swamp Thing. In, of course, atmospheric colors by the legendary Dave Stewart. This is an eerie variant cover as well. Comes courtesy of regular Hellboy Universe artist Ben Stenbeck. And I am definitely getting all this information in this publication and announcement coming from Sci-Fi Wire. Sci-Fi Wire. Where is this coming from? Um, Mignola says about this story, he says, I'm a big fan of the films The Haunting and The Legend of Hell House. And this one is a very obvious nod to those. Cool. Yeah, I think the covers look cool. Yeah. Um, we hit, will definitely have not hit any of the, the Hellboy and the BPRD, which are more backstories, missions of Hellboy, as in when he was with the BPRD. But, I mean, I think it's a solid uh, cover. I, I think this, yeah, from McManus, with Hellboy being at the center and a couple of strange characters behind him. And the house that looks very reminiscent of the classic haunted houses that are yeah. like Psycho and so forth. Yeah. Looks like a back lot house. We have a house in our neighborhood out in Eagle Rock that looks like I like these houses. It, That's cool. I'll have to take a picture and send it to you. It looks, it's, it's yeah, a very I cool house. Adam's family. <laughs> yeah, very Adam's family. Yes. <laughs> um, and then, of course, the variant cover shows Dave Stewart, or doesn't show Dave Stewart, shows Hellboy. Um, looks like he's ready to fight something that's casting a large shadow of and menacing hands over him in a house with cobwebs and old pictures yeah looks pretty cool i don't know (laughs) so much illustration in our readings not in general but in our readings of uh of uh ben stenbeck's hellboy so yeah he's a lot of he's a thick neck that ben stenbeck (laughs) yeah i like him yeah, he looks cool. It looks fierce. He's about ready yeah. to throw throw down. So those are cool. It's good. Again, oh, those yeah. are, that's coming out on July 7th. Um, this is what Christopher Golden, the co-writer as well, said. One of the best things about working with Mike is how often we find our favorite things overlap. When he told me he wanted to do an homage to the Great Haunted House investigation stories, I had the biggest grin on my face. The secret of Chesbro House draws Hellboy into the twisted history of a family tainted by occultism a seance that goes horribly wrong and an evil even weirder than you think. It's so damn fun. So cool. That'll be a fun little two part to read read in July. And then the last thing is of course, Mormon Yola. There's a new, like I believe cartoon series coming out that Kevin Smith is behind and creating of masters of the universe. And on July 7th as well, he's releasing like a prequel to that series, comic book miniseries called Masters of the Universe Revelation. And I just wanted to give a shout out. There's a cool little um, variant. When that comes out on July 7th, Mignola has done a variant cover for it. And we get a really cool version of um, 
Oh my god, what's his name? What's the villain? He Man, and then his villain is Skeletor. Skull, <laughs> Skeletor. Yeah. I was thinking Skeletor. Skeletor. <laughs> but Skeletor and He Man, which are very cool, very Mignola minimalist versions of versions them on the cover. Versions of them, yeah. I like these big knobby knees on He Man. It's funny. <laughs> yeah, like he doesn't have like the bulk to him that we're like. He is the really Mignola has really like dropped the shoulders on this character. It's yeah. so funny. <laughs> This is a Hellboy ass human. Yeah, and it's it's very Hellboy esque, and even like yeah. Skeletor. Like I'm so used to them being like the wrestler, the '80s wrestler right, bods, right? Like huge beefed up bodies. Like I probably more associate them with the toys yeah. than I do like any iteration. I think that's like how they were meant to be. I think like the toys almost existed before the show. If I'm yeah, there's some special about them on Netflix that basically was like, we were trying to sell toys and this show is a big commercial for toys. Awesome. And it <laughs> fucking worked because the toys are sick. Yeah, the toys are, are iconic and will live I always forever. wanted that like fleece flocked um, like battle cat. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that shit was so cool. My cousin had it and I, I was like, I mean, I never even fucking watched G-Man. I was like a little past that time. Yeah, I was definitely, it was more my brother's generation, like Thundercats and all of that. Yeah, yeah. And, but I remember a neighbor had like a lot of them as well as he had the Skeletor's castle and I was like, this is fucking cool. I mean, that (laughs) shit was cool as hell. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so cool. I mean, this is just definitely something that for you listeners, if you're that Mignola completist, you'll definitely want to put Masters of the Universe Revelation in your hold so you can get that variant, hopefully, of Mignola's cover a very cool cover so that's it that's it that's it for this segment um definitely put the secret of chesbro house in your holds as well as master of the universe to get those more from mignola as well as other collaborators of his and then hey listeners follow us follow us on instagram at ah crap a hellboy podcast twitter ah crap hellboy and then if you have the option on whatever platform you listen to us please subscribe rate and review But if you go out of your way to go on Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star review that starts with the word boom, we call it a boom review. So if you give us a boom review, we (laughs) will read your boom review right here on the show and give you a big old shout out and praise. So please go out of your way and give us a boom review on Apple Podcasts. Yeah. Um, That will bring more listeners to the show and we can continue doing it because, heck, we did, we're doing this for ourselves. We're also doing it in hopes of hearing from you guys and your thoughts on anything we said yeah. and cover here. So go out of your way. Give us an email. Give us a boom review. Can't wait to hear from you. Yeah. But that is it for this episode. Thank you again for listening. And remember, I will love you. So much. Hey, Oscar, Rachel, do you like Disney movies? Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen all of them? Yeah, we saw all the Disney animated movies. And we saw all the Pixar animated movies, too. How about the DCOMs? What? <gasps> the Disney Channel original movies. You should listen to our podcast, Inside the Disney Vault, because we are watching all of them in chronological order. Yeah, and we do fun segments, like we cast each other. That's right, and my favorite segment, Zaddy Watch, where we rank every single DCOM daddy. 
Ooh, you can listen to all this fun stuff on our podcast, Inside the Disney Vault on Campfire Media, wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, guys, let's get back in the vault. It's cold out here. Campfire.